We are live. What's up, everybody? Welcome into West by Pod, a podcast about WVU athletics, the Big 12 Conference, and season opening road games. I'm Joel Bracken at WV Stats Guy. I'm joined by Jordan Pinto, as usual, at Game Day Shorts. Uh, Jordan, you were in State College this weekend. Uh, how, how was the experience? I don't, uh, don't want to gas Penn State up too much because they weren't very kind to our football team once the game kicked off, but um, it, it, it lived up to expectations, I guess is what I would say, um, you know, in a way that Virginia Tech did last year, right? I mean, beautiful drive-in, first of all. That's not something that I really, you know, kind of thought about, but beautiful drive-in. Um, tailgating scene is huge. Like, it's kind of hard to... Uh, it's like if every tailgate in Morgantown happened like continuously in an expanding bubble around the stadium, you know, kind of because like the way they have it at University Park is like all the athletic fields are there. So all the parking lots for all the athletic fields are there. And on Saturdays, obviously, it's all tailgating for football. Um, and so, you know, just tons of people around Like, you know, I would estimate probably twice as many people out tailgating as there were that even made it into the game. Um environment i think honestly the most impressive thing to me is i went in super early we went in like 6 15 didn't want to miss anything stadium was 75 percent full like an hour before the game um wow. and you know i don't know if that's just a thing that happens every game for them or if it's just because it was the home opener night game and people had been already tailgating for 10 hours so what do you need the extra half hour for but stay the the, the crowd was there early the crowd was locked in um Thought they did kind of, you know, kind of like Pitt did last year. They do a good job in dead ball situations, kind of keeping the crowd engaged. Like there's not a lot of dead, not like dead time in the crowd, it felt like. Um, And yeah, the crowd, crowd was locked in. Crowd was loud. I was, I was probably two. I was like three rows from the top of the stadium. Um, Still had a pretty good seat, surprisingly. Thought it was going to be way worse than it was, but um, didn't get the full brunt, I would say of the, of the noise, but you know, you could definitely tell that the crowd was locked in. It was loud. Um, so yeah, I mean, overall cool experience. Definitely, definitely lived up to expectations. If we play there again, I would definitely try and go. Hopefully the, uh, on-field result is a little bit more favorable for the, uh, for the old golden blue next time. Yeah, no, it seemed, uh, seemed like a cool environment watching on TV. I was at the, uh, WVU sports bar here in Columbus, Ohio, uh, at Gresso's. There was a pretty good West Virginia showing. Um, there's also some Penn State fans and they had to go watch upstairs. They had their, their own section, uh, separate. So the Mountaineers were on the opening deck and you'd walk up and the guy'd be like, no, you're in Penn State stuff. You got to go upstairs. Like not out here. Good. Um, good. But it was fun. It was, you know, obviously just like football being back, um, it's fun to fun to get into it and be in the late game. You get to sort of watch some games throughout the day. There were some fun ones kind of snuck in there. Colorado, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, yeah, so I mean, I guess let's just get into the game. Um, you know, so Penn State, I think everybody knew that, that they were going to be the heavy favorites. They were favored by right around three touchdowns coming in. Um, you know, you get to halftime, it's 14 to 7. And you got a puncher's chance there and you get a three and out coming out of halftime and you're getting the ball back and um, you, you almost can start to believe for a minute. You're like, OK, wow, we kind of have, you know, rolled with it so far. We're, we're still in this fight. Um, 
neither. I mean, obviously, just the one big busted play in the first half for Penn State really felt like the difference in the first half. It didn't feel like we got dominated other than the one play. Um, yep. Kind of felt like a tie game. But, um, you know, as the game wears on, Penn State finds a couple breaks, you know, gets up, extends a lead to three possessions. And then at that point, I think when they had 24, it felt like, yeah, we're probably not going to be able to score three more times um, and just kind of let it slip away. And then obviously, you know, some antics at the end with uh, a significant to some score. Yeah. What was the what was the reaction in the stadium in those last few minutes with the uh, oh, everybody? Everybody realized it right away that, you know, that's your cover that, that hey, we covered and that pushed the total over. Uh, Push yeah. the total over. So, I mean, very big betting implications on that final drive. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you know, the Mountaineer fans were just like, you know, there's a little bit of a fuck you kind of thing. Or it's like, you drove all the way down the field, right? Like, that's the backups getting the work. Why do you really have to run that play as time expires? Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I can't. You know, we're still we're going for two on the previous drive, right? We're calling timeouts, which, you know, maybe we shouldn't have been doing that at that point. But, uh, both teams were were treating it like there was still time on the clock, which there was. I don't I don't have a big problem with it. Um, yeah, I, I don't get offended by that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you don't if you don't like it, stop it. And I think I think Neil Brown said something to the effect of like, you know, it all comes around. Like someone else will do it to them. My Ohio State might do it to them later this year here in Columbus. So, um, yeah, we'll that kind that of was, stuff. That was that was my primary uh, comeback. Uh, on the way out of the stadium, it was just like, yeah, I had I had money on you guys to cover. What the hell? Just like your your piece of shit coach uh, is responsible for this, and also uh, you guys are going to lose two games. Don't worry about it. Like, shut up. You know. So, yeah, they got two tough ones on the schedule this year. Hopefully, James Franklin gets some glasses that fit his head by then, so they can uh, they can figure it out. But he has a um, weird shaped head, doesn't he? I mean, you he know, does. like he stands out on the sideline even from a half a mile away, like where I was. Like he's very easy to spot. Maybe that's by design. Um, that's easier funny. for his yeah, players his, to see. Him, his, his glasses also don't fit his head at all. Like they, they like barely are gripping on the end of his ears. Like it's just like they're they look like they're like three sizes too small or something. Yeah. And you're like what is that? But um, yeah. So you know, our coach Neil Brown now this is uh, year five by uh, by the math. This is the uh, the fifth season in a row that we have lost our Power Five opener. Um, a lot of those have been unfortunate scheduling at Penn State at Pitt, uh, what was it, at Maryland. You know, we've had some games, I think at Missouri was uh, one of them. Um, but now I looked it up, so we are 0-6 in the first two weeks of the season against Power 5 teams under Neil Brown. So just starting slow as hell, as usual. Um, you know, not that many people gave us a chance to win this game, but, you know, it's another opportunity that was not taken advantage of. And, you know, you... you you're not going to ever these, you know, the the prediction for these games is always going to remain the same until you give people a reason for it to be different. So I know in the uh, the presser afterwards, he said disappointed but not discouraged. That was something I sort of picked up on him saying that you know we didn't win. That's not fun, but not discouraged. That's a great team, and you know he talked about how Penn State has 45 dudes on defense who are going to go to the NFL, all of that stuff. Um, you know, a little bit of coach speak. Obviously, you want to say your opponent who just kicked your ass is great. So. Um, you know, how, how are you feeling as a, as a big picture coming out of this one? Like we were expected to lose. We lost roughly by the amount of points we were supposed to, but like, um, moral victories are stupid, but like what stood out to you? That's like, okay, this is something that could work or what's like, this is not a good thing. And it's carried over from years past still. 
Yeah, I mean, first of all, uh, the the presser, the other the, the other two things that he kind of said that kind of pissed me off. The first was, well, a lot of good West Virginia programs have come here and lost and been okay. And it's like, dude, what did you just have that written down, like ready to ready to go? It's like the first thing you said when you got on the microphone, just some pre canned response about how like, well, we tried our best, you know, what else could we do? Um, and then speaking of things that carry over from from previous years, just like getting cute and like. The, the fourth down call, right? Like, what the fuck? And, and that's fine. But, like, the the, ju- the justification of it where, um, oh, we were just having some fun. And it's like, I mean, as a kind of a critical third down with, uh, what, like 12 minutes ago? I know you said three scores. It's 24 to seven. If you get that fourth down and go get mm-hmm. points, you're, you're down, uh, what, 10 points with? Yeah, 10 or Ten points with like eight minutes with, to go. Like ten minutes not, to go. Something. It's not like, like that. the game was over at that point. Like, why are we just having fun? And then he said, "Well, Nico has to play." And it's like, why the fuck? Why does the backup quarterback have to play? The backup quarterback just had eight months to prove that he, uh, you know, he's worthy of getting snaps. Why is he getting snaps for the first time in his career on a critical fourth down against the number seven team in the country? Um, so you know, none of that stuff really made sense to me. Um, as far as things you can take away from the game, you know, I thought that, I don't know if you learned a whole lot, right? Um, I thought one of the 24 seven guys kind of, uh, said something in, in their post game that, that made sense. And it's just like, treat this as the preseason. Um, you know, we're expected to lose to Penn state. We did. We're probably going to beat Duquesne this weekend. Um, use those as your warm up games. Season starts against Pitt. But, you know, I think there were, there were probably, you know, I think overall, like, the thing that makes us disappointing, right, is is like we set out what we probably needed to accomplish. Like you and I kind of in the, in the preview last week said we got to run the ball, we got to stay on the schedule, keep things third and manageable, and we got to stop their run enough to force Aller to beat us. And like we literally we checked all of those boxes, right? Um, you know, I mean, we ran it. If you take the sacks away, thirty-seven for one sixty-five and two touchdowns against the top ten defense that knew you were going to run, committed to stopping the run. You still went for four and a half yards of carry. That's more than anybody else did against them last year except Michigan. Um, I think that's encouraging. Um, you know, I think eight of the 14 third downs that we had were, were fewer than seven yards. That's encouraging. Um, and, you know, it's just it just so happened. It's unfortunate we missed a couple critical throws there uh, on those third and fourth downs that would have extended those drives. So instead they stall out. But, you know, overall I think the offense was who we kind of expected them to be. Um, CJ and green are going to be a problem. That was kind of the sentiment in the, in the stadium. Um, and I, you know, I, I went and lurked on Penn state message boards after the game. It's just, man, green's a fucking pain in the ass, you know? And so like when I come back and see our, our fans just like already calling for him to be benched, it's like, what the, he was the only reason we were in the game. You know, I kind of thought is like he was extending plays and, um, yeah, he missed like three throws, uh, that were, that were probably pretty egregious that he should have hit. But I mean, for the most part, like, I thought he, I thought he did okay considering the defense. That's the thing. I don't know if it showed. I'm sure it showed up on TV. Like in person, they were so fucking fast, man. I mean, like we would have a lane, and it's like, oh shit, here's a 30 yarder, and it gets tackled for like 12 yards. So you know that was that was kind of crazy. But um, yeah, that's. I mean, I mean, that's that's the best defense we're gonna play probably all season. By far. Um, yeah, I think by far. And yeah, I mean, I I never have understood the the, the state of fans to criticize the starting position player when it's like this is the best guy we got like you can't like we we had these conversations when it was like skylar howard it's like this is the best guy we got like he can't hit all of those passes but like he gives us the best chance to win 
Yeah. You know, the coaching staff, the team has decided Garrett Green's going to give us the best chance to win. Yeah, he missed, like, probably a touchdown pass, like, streaking down the field. He left it long. But also the amount of, like, you know, scrambles and broken plays and, you know, plays that if it's Deggy at quarterback, that what's going to happen in a lot of those plays? It's You know, I, I think, I think he did sack, fine. Um, he made some nice throws into tight windows too, man. I, you know, I think that's what you take going forward is like, dude, why are we not like some RPO type stuff where he's holding it out, just pulls it and zips it to like somebody up the, up the seam, mm-hmm. um, little crossing pattern type stuff. I thought he made some nice throws on. So, um, yeah. sorry, go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, just, just kind of moving on to like the, the, I mean, the running game, I think that, you know, given that what that defense is and given that I think they were daring us to pass the ball the fact mm-hmm. that we were as uh productive as we were is very encouraging i mean cj's yeah. skill is just getting in at will um and you know whenever he wants to garrett green chipped in 70 yards on the ground and i was the one thing that surprised me in the running game i guess was that jalen anderson five touches no other backs got a touch so i mean it was like a cj heavy game and garrett green with 15 carries what did you think about that um it's just, I mean, from the flow of the game, you know, I, I don't know if there was ever really like a great opportunity where you mix it up. Um, I think, you know, this, my criticism would be is like we hear all the time about how these dudes can pass the ball. Our receivers are probably the biggest question mark just in terms of like where are the playmakers out there? Like Jalen Anderson, I think he caught two passes as well, right? So seven total touches. But like he ran, I mean, one of them, we gave him a wide receiver screen kind of thing and he gained like 12 yards with it. Uh, you know, why are we why are we not doing more shit like that instead of throwing it to somebody like a Devin Carter who, you know, has has his utility, like is a useful player, clearly, I think. But like give him the ball in space and make three guys miss and pick up 15 yards is, is not really what I see him as. I don't think that's really his thing. So, you know, figuring out how to use Jalen Anderson spots like that later in the game, I think he ran like a little arrow route, like that classic NFL, like little angle route out of the backfield and beat a linebacker for like 10 yards. Um so, you know, I think that there needs to be more stuff like that. We, we hear, again, all offseason, two backs, two backs, two backs. I, I mean, I didn't see a whole lot of stuff where we had Anderson and CJ on the field. Um, and again, again, I was far enough away that I could barely see the numbers. But, uh, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's just never we, – we never really got into a good rhythm. We were going slow. There weren't very many plays anyways. Um, so I think it might have just been kind of like the flow of the game, the nature of the game, that there just weren't a ton of touches, period. And – yeah, if that's the case, it makes sense for CJ to get to get most of them. I think. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he he's just like pretty pretty sure thing to like fall forward and get four yards of carry. Yeah. Like he is he is just really good at that. Um, you know, receiving wise, obviously we talked about a lot how this room is just wide open. Devin Carter comes up with six catches. Could have maybe had even another one or two. Um, he had a handful more targets, and then you know you kind of just get a spread of a bunch of guys with one and two receptions. Cole Taylor had two um nice little addition there um you know aaron had one fox had one Traylon ray with two short ones uh Traylon davis had one but uh nobody really I, I mean i guess if anybody was devin carter that really stood out and was the was the guy this week who knows if that's a trend or if that was a one-time thing um kind of hard to tell and even in the passing game you know we did pick up a decent number of our, our passing yards kind of in the last drive or two of the game as, you know, time was moving down and they were just playing that soft zone. Um, Offensive line, I thought, did all right. I mean, the PFF grades weren't kind, but once again, this defense, we played the defensive front. I mean, that's a a tall task to start the season. Um, So I I think, you know, kind of like you said, this is the preseason. This was the expected loss. Next week's the expected win. 
and then it starts. Pit is like the game where we really can sort of figure out where we are on the on the totem pole because we have two uh, very different opponents we're, we're playing to start the season. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think if you're going to look at this side of the ball, the things that were encouraging, I thought the front seven looked physical, um, fast, yeah. um, tackled really well. I know we were kind of talking, uh, you know, in the lead up last week that we've heard a lot about, hey, we're going live every day. We're going to be physical this year. And I thought that that I thought that showed up immediately. Um, I want to say, uh, uh, you know, I think the secondary missed a handful of tackles, but I want to say the front the front seven only missed three or four tackles on two really, really good running backs, you know, um, and we didn't shut them down all the way. But we I mean, we stopped them enough that Aller, I mean, you know, Aller had to throw and fuck, he's just he's really good, um, apparently. So, you know, that ended up not being the best strategy. Uh, but, uh, I, I, you know, I thought they looked fast. I thought they looked physical. I thought they get, got pressure. Um, you know, we sent blitzers. We didn't get home as much as we as we needed to. Obviously, Aller Aller was pretty crafty in the pocket. I thought, and then also, you know, we just we made it way too re- easy on the receivers downfield when we we're sending pressure. Um, you know, I think that'd be something I'd like to see going forward. Is look, if we're gonna blitz on third and long, let's like try and hold these guys up at the line of scrimmage for half a second because that can be the difference between a sack and a throwaway or you know a big play. Like, I mean, how many big plays do we see? He's getting tackled like as he throws the ball, and then there's a guy ten yards open downfield. Um, so yeah, no, I think, I think that was kind of encouraging from a defensive standpoint is I, I didn't, didn't really know what to expect from the D line. Um, and actually I thought the D line held up really well and I thought the linebackers played well too. So, you know, solid foundation going forward. Agreed. Yeah. I think the defensive front was better than expected. Once again, that's one of the best running back tandems in the country. Um, and I feel like, you know, we kept them at a little over four carry. That's, that's kind of fine. Like, I don't feel like there was any like plays where they were really abusing us or it was, it was kind of steady. Lee Koba with 13 tackles, maybe the best game, maybe the best game he's played in a Mountaineer uniform. Um, yeah, 82.4, 82.4 on PFF. I mean, that was a big game for him. And, uh, definitely, I don't know. He was kind of what we've said. You said a lot last year, just like he, he felt like he was in the positions he needed to be. He was playing aggressive and, uh, kind of just all over the ball or wherever it was. Uh, he also had three pressures in there. Lathan had five pressures. Uh, so mm-hmm. that was encouraging to see in that, that second level pass defense, you know, it's, it's not, it's not great, I'm but, uh, I don't know what we're trying to do. Like, what are yeah. we on there? Uh, I don't think it wasn't the last touchdown. Um, cause that was the, the garbage time, but the second, the last touchdown, I mean, our guys 15 yards off the ball. There's nobody within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage on that side. And they just throw like a simple, like take two steps and turn route. And then our guy's literally so far away that he doesn't even have an angle to cut this guy off at the corner of the end zone. That's my like, biggest are, pet peeve. Yeah. I, what is the goal of, of the defense that we were running in that situation? It, I can't imagine it was like, let them score, which is what it looked like. <laughs> sometimes sometimes those like third and shorts where we have they have two guys down low we have one guy within three yards and our next guy's like 10 12 yards off the ball it's yeah. like cool and we're gonna throw the, the screen he's gonna pick up five the amount of times teams have done that to us over the last couple years it's baffling it's like there there was even a situation this week where we just had two corners to cover three receivers and the safety was 15 yards off and they just ran was- like a simple little pull and it was like I could have like I could have drawn that one up. Dude, I, I was just gonna say that. So kind of like we were sitting way high up in the end zone. So we kind of had like that all twenty two view. Mm-hmm. And there are just a handful of times where you're like looking, 
Penn State comes out and lines up. We go line up, and it's like, dude, they got like four guys over there, and we have two. Yeah, and it's like, I wonder where the ball's gonna go, and then it just goes there, and they get eight yards without like any resist. You know, eight yards downfield before the first guy even touches the ball carrier. And it's just easy. like that kind of shit. Like if we can see it from up here, how how? Exactly. It's easy as a fan on TV and all 22 and, you know, you can see it, but it's also the worst feeling as a fan when they're like getting ready to snap the ball and you're like, cool, we're outnumbered on the bottom of the field. Like, guess where they're going to go? Just give them a couple seconds to get the snap up. Yeah, that, that's the kind of stuff. And I don't know why that has been such a trend with us. Um, Last two I, years, especially, I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's been bad. It's been tough at times on the back end. Yep. Um, what did you think about the uh, the Kansas City ring around the rosy two point conversion? Was that was I'm that be fun? Honest, I didn't that even much? notice it. I didn't even notice it live. Um, I didn't even notice it live. Uh, I kind of yeah. had like turned away and then like watched the plays. Like cool little shovel pass play where it's like, why are we putting that on tape in a, a completely? I mean, I guess not completely meaningless, right? That made it a, a two score game with what like four or five minutes to go. But um, you know, maybe save that for. I, later in the I season or a, something but it, i mean yeah. whatever harmless kind of fun i guess it's a fun kind it's a silly, fun wrinkle but. it's a fun wrinkle but i felt the same why put that on tape why put the whatever fourth down <laughs> whatever version of that fourth down play I, ran? yeah why put that on tape but uh at least we know with that creative. play now we got confirmation that no we should never run that play <laughs> ever again so got that out of the way in the first game we can just go ahead and throw that one in the in the trash can crinkle the paper up and throw it away yeah Yep, I, I kind of agree. It was a it was a bad look. <laughs> Only other note I have on the game: punting looked good. We had some punts that actually actually preserved field position, which was something we were one of the worst. I mean, literally bottom five in the country last year. We had two punts within the twenty. I mean, they, we got them started that one drive, like maybe around the five, and then of course they had the busted play, the long touchdown, uh, yeah, seventy-two first, yards, first but. Six. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, like that's something that we did not do last year. So um, still don't understand to see why that. we're we're the only team in the country that doesn't have a kicker who can just kick it into the stands on kickoffs. Um, so that that confuses me. Although I will say, I mean, the one I guess the one they did return, we tackled him in like the nineteen. So um, good coverage. Yeah, I yeah. thought special teams. Special teams. It's nice. It's it's like you don't want to notice special teams. You know, it's like a cornerback, right? Like if you're aware of the cornerback, it's generally because he's getting toasted. Special teams kind of the same way, and uh, I didn't I didn't really notice them, you know. So I thought they that's a good sign. They played well. Yeah, I was like aware that I didn't notice them because I was like, oh, they haven't pissed me right. off yet today. And exactly. hey, two yeah. missed field two missed field goals. Also, like we won the special teams battle actually in a in a way in which Penn State just lost it, but we didn't screw it up, which is an improvement. So um, Dude, hey, that's something. Yeah. So. To tie a bow on it, right? Like everything we're saying, right? This is why it's disappointing that you don't at least cover because, like, everything that had to happen for us to make this a game, we checked all the boxes and then just didn't pay it off. And, uh, yeah, you know, I think that's yep. why it's that's why it's disappointing. You know, it, it expected result, probably a fair result, but had chances to make it better and didn't. Yeah. Maybe, maybe very last point I have Garrett Green's decision making. I was pleased. No real putting the ball into to spaces. Yeah. He shouldn't. Like no he missed some throws, but he missed them where you had to miss them, and that's all you can really ask. Um, so, yeah. Um, all right. So, you want to talk a little Big Twelve precap or recap of last weekend? Yeah, I think Week there's only one, one place to start, right? 
Week one, yeah, of course. It's got to be Colorado over TCU. That was uh, quite the game. I, I don't know what you were catching of that uh, while you were tailgating, but that was a crazy game. It was back and forth. Colorado, um, they got some dudes. Um, obviously, uh, the, the quarterback is uh, threw for like over 500 yards. Looked great. <laughs> this this corner making a play, um, getting the, the interception on goal line. TCU is about to score. Also, insane play. I don't know if I can walk out of there as being like TCU is bad, but Colorado definitely surprised me. So um, that was probably game of the week for sure. And the, well, I mean, I would say that was game of the week. The other one would be Wyoming beating Texas Tech. Did you catch the highlights of that one? Uh, no, but I, I I saw some stat line and some recap that kind of stuff. And yeah, seven turnovers and had a, what, a 14 or a 17 point lead and, and blew it. It's just... It's not a not a great yeah. look for the preseason darlings there. Jeez, Joey McGuire, I thought the vibes were immaculate. Guy couldn't lose, and lo and behold, he can. So, um, yeah. yeah. Did you, uh, did you watch any of that one? Or? I caught, not live, but I caught the, the replay later because I think it ended up being pretty late in Laramie, Wyoming. Um, but double OT and that Wyoming won it on the, the two-point conversion that they stopped yeah. Texas Tech and scored back. So, interesting one. Only other one maybe worth mentioning. I mean, I guess there's a couple in here. We'll run off the ones that are not worth mentioning real quick. UCF beat Kent State. Kansas beat Missouri State. Texas beat Rice. K-State beat uh, FCS. OU won 73 to nothing on Arkansas State. Iowa State only 30-9 to over Northern Iowa. Cincy put 66 on Eastern Kentucky. Houston was in a tight one. 17-14 uh, over UTSA. Oklahoma State. Only beat Central Arkansas by two touchdowns. Sus. BYU won 14 to nothing over Sam Houston. Very sus. And uh, Baylor loses by two scores to Texas State. So uh, Texas Tech <laughs> and Baylor are just in the mud coming out of week one. And not us. Yeah, not us to that extent. It's not a good feeling, but it's like uh, there is a little bit of satisfaction when you get when you get housed by twenty three on the road, and you only have like the fourth worst vibes uh, after after the first week of the season. <laughs> um, yeah, Baylor, what the fuck? I mean, so you and I are both down on Baylor. Um, obviously, a ton of turnover uh, on that on that roster that it felt like it was just kind of completely being ignored. And like, holy shit, I didn't expect it to show up week one. Like, good god. Um, and that was it was not like a it wasn't like the Texas Tech one either, right? I mean, it was just Texas State just beat them straight up, jumped out to a big yep. lead, maintained the lead throughout the game. Um, so yeah, not a great sign there. Uh, couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of people. But actually, I do want to talk about UCF. UCF was super on brand. I don't know if you watched them. What was that Thursday night or Friday night? Um, it was Thursday, I think. Yeah, but they. Uh, I, I saw some stats today just because I was looking. They racked up like 740 yards, 8.5 yards of play. I think the only two drives they didn't score on in the first half, they put up 42 first half points and turned the ball over twice in the first half. And so it's just like, yeah. Uh, so, you know, maybe there, maybe there's something. And like, it, it, you know, Kent State, obviously not a great team, but not a, not generally a, some team that I would think of as like a complete pushover for somebody like UCF anyway. You know, I expect Bama or Georgia to do that to them, but I don't know. Yeah. I was impressed by UCF. They seem fun. Yeah, they're, they're going to be fun and we'll learn a lot more about them this week. Um, 
so maybe transitioning to the precap now, there's just so many yep. Big 12 teams now, and especially early season, you know, everyone's playing out of conference. So there's so many games, but there's like six or seven that are good in the Big 12 this week. So um, first of all, the ones that are not good, I would say Troy at K-State, Southern Utah at BYU, uh, SMU at Oklahoma probably won't be a game, Houston at Rice, Nichols at TCU. Those are the the snoozers, in my opinion. Um but you have a lot of other really good ma- I mean, I think all of these are maybe, except Boise is Power 5 game. So Illinois at Kansas on Friday. I think Kansas, do we still know about Jalen Daniels? He may or may not be playing by then. So that's going to be interesting to see where Kansas ranks against another maybe lower portion Power 5 team. Utah at Baylor. Baylor's staring down 0-2 to start the season. I mean, that's not a, that's not a game they're probably going to be favored in. I would be scared. Yeah, I mean, Utah going to Baylor. Uh, I think um, early line, Baylor plus six and a half. So so Utah getting almost a touchdown. Um, and yeah, that's... Uh, I watched Utah against Florida, and Florida, Florida stinks. Florida kind of stinks, I think. Um, but Utah also looked good. I mean, Utah looked good. They're not a team that's going to beat themselves, so Baylor better figure something out quickly or, yeah, staring at 0-2 and, um, yeah, just a nightmare start. Holy shit! Yeah, um, yeah. I think what Kansas, Kansas, Illinois is is Friday night. I think Kansas three yep. point favorites with or without Jalen Daniels, unless or maybe Vegas does know something that we don't know. Um, yeah, but. that's gonna be a good measuring stick for Kansas just to see where they're at. Um, yeah, coming in. Um, so we also have Iowa at Iowa State, the uh, the classic rivalry there. Iowa generally has their number. Um, but I really don't have a read on that one. What's the the lines on that one this week? Uh, Iowa State seeing... getting uh, getting three and a half points, or no? Sorry, okay. Iowa State giving Iowa State plus three and a half. Um, so yeah, Iowa Iowa little favorites. Um, I don't know what do, what do people think of Iowa this year? Actually, they're they're not a team that's on my radar. Is a nice way yeah to put it. yeah same. Well, they got a. Uh... McNamara at quarterback, the Michigan transfer. So that's, that's an right. interesting okay. wrinkle, but they're still Iowa. So, um, yeah, not that's about all I know about them. Okay. Um, um, another another good one, Cincinnati at Pitt. Um, Pitt's getting the points here. Um, this is an interesting game. I mean, obviously, WVU is going to play both of these teams, so this is going to be a nice measuring stick. We're playing Pitt the following week. Um I mean, I almost would like to see Pitt win this game, come in two and zero into Morgantown. That would be, that would be cool with me. Um, also interested to see where Cincinnati is on the Power Five spectrum this year, because you know that's a team we're incredibly low on coming into the conference. So um, that'll be interesting. I think game of the week is Texas Bama, though, right? Like that's the Bama's going to be favored, but yeah, Bama maybe top tens. Bama minus minus six and a half. Um, yeah, I think the polls were released today. I think Texas was just outside um, in the AP and maybe just inside in the coaches, if I recall. Bama's, I think Bama's three in both of them, and Texas is like nine, ten, or eleven. Um, so yeah, no, very very big game. I think that's the primetime game Saturday night. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. So I don't know a ton about Bama. I know we both like Texas, so I don't know. Do you have a feel for that game? I mean, I, I don't think – what I, I actually did watch a touch of uh, Texas versus Rice because there was, like, no games on in that slot, and I had it on. Um, and Texas started really slow versus Rice, and I'm not going to lie, their offensive line kind of got 
kind of got bullied, which was like incredibly surprising, at least in the first half. They felt found their footing in the second half, but um, for you know a school and team build a bunch of four and five star guys, it's kind of kind of shocked to see how their offensive line played at least to start that game. That could just be you know first couple series of the of the season jitters, whatever. But uh, yeah, Bama's not known for that stuff. They don't really mess around like that. So um, super early you know, perception of Texas was a little more negative than, than we were, but they still might be the best team in the conference. I mean, we don't know about Oklahoma. They didn't play anybody this week. So, um, but that, that'll have the national spotlight. Um, another good one, Oregon at Texas tech, Texas tech. Now also looking at Owen two. you know, playing a home game versus a PAC 12 team, looking at Owen two as well. That's, that's going to be a big one. Um, and then maybe a game that, I think could be really fun. UCF at Boise. Got to go play on the blue turf. See what Bo- or see what UCF's really made of against a um, a better opponent. Um, but that that could be a fun game. I think they're going to be fine. UCF's favor there. Uh, I actually I don't have a line for that one. I don't know. I don't know why not. But um, I think probably I was just looking through Fanduel and UCF doesn't register as a Big Twelve team for me yet. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, I think they'll, I think they'll be okay. Uh, again, I, I was, I, I want to be drinking the UCF Kool-Aid. Um, I, nothing I saw, uh, last week from them would make me not want to continue drinking the UCF Kool-Aid. Uh, I wish that we ran their offense. So, um, hopefully, hopefully they're fine against Boise. I know we were kind of talking, I want to say both, like they had two kind of, not like not hard out of conference games, but you know, kind of two where we're like, yeah, we'll kind of have a little feel for them. So yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens. We'll, we'll know more about them uh, next week. Yeah, so they are three and a half point favorites on the road in Boise. Um, yeah. So yeah, and then the following week they actually just have Villanova. So a decent shot at coming out of here undefeated for UCF. Um, mm-hmm. The other game I mentioned, Oregon and Texas Tech. Oregon's a six and a half point favorite in Lubbock. Um, so both them and Baylor are touchdown dogs at home versus a Pac-12 team to, to go Owen too. That that <laughs> both positions uh, they don't want to be in. Um, and then the last game we haven't mentioned is Oklahoma State at Arizona State. That one's a uh, going to be an interesting gauge for Oklahoma State. They are three and a half point favorites on the road in Tempe. Um, but I think we were both pretty low in Oklahoma State. Not impressed at all by their first week beating a FCS by two scores. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. Is, it, is Arizona State that bad that they're they're you know favoring Oklahoma State on the road there? But um, hey, this is going to be a week week one. Like we learned minimal. This there's like most games we are going to like have a decent measuring stick on teams. So um, almost feel like this is where there's going to be games on every time slot. To watch and, and learn so excited for this week west virginia obviously playing at is it 6 30 at home six, six o'clock yeah. six, six o'clock, o'clock the weird the weird start time versus duquesne um any uh any big notes you got on duquesne i know last week they just played a they're an fcs team which is still division one they played a division two team and and cleaned uh, them up pretty good so how you dare know you sully the the name of the Edinburgh fighting Scots like that by, but no, but that's kind of the note that I had is, yeah, they're one to know they beat a team that, you know, it's kind of the, like this team is to them as they are to us, you know, this yeah. the old SAT question. 
um, format there. But um, yeah, no, I mean, not a, not a ton of notes. Uh, you know, I think they were they were run heavy offensively last week. I'm not sure if that's something that they are always going to want to do, uh, or if it's just something they did because they they were outclassing their competition. Um, I think kind of the most relevant uh, point that I saw is that. Forty percent of their passes that they attempted, or that the starting quarterback attempted, traveled twenty plus yards in the air. So, like, dude's a chucker. Dude's gonna, dude's gonna air it out um, if we give him the opportunity. Um, saw a couple, couple running backs had decent games. Couple receivers had decent games. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, in general, this this is a team that we should we should thoroughly outclass at every position, right? Like, they they shouldn't have any dudes on their roster who would see any playing time for our, for us. Um, I know we kind of talked about a bit like who would you trade for in their team? I don't I don't think there's anybody. Um, yeah, but no, I, you know, I, we were kind of talking a little bit off air. You know, this is more of a game where, uh, number one, get out of there healthy. Don't get anybody hurt. And then two is like, you know, focus on yourself. Get right. What do we want to see out of both sides of the ball? So I don't know. Do you want to start? Like, what are you what are you looking for? Uh, what are you looking for offensively out of this game? Offensively, um, I just want to see kind of getting through the the different the different levels of the depth chart. Like, let's get four four different backs getting carries. Let's get every receiver we got having at least you know two series out there. Would even like to see Nico get a couple drives. You know, like maybe he gets the third quarter, maybe he gets you know a half or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think just the basics of like put this thing out of reach like very quickly and then put this on the mode where like the vibe of the game is like a spring game or a, a exhibition game. Um, Duquesne is not really, they have one FBS win. So they beat Ohio two years ago. They beat them by two points, 28 to 26. Um, the only other recent FBS game that I'm seeing is versus TCU a couple years ago and they lost 45 to three. So, you know, this is like not a, championship level fcs team they're fine but they're not like james you know like james madison was always like that fringe team where they were like this is like one of the best fcs teams they're they're not quite to that level so um yeah let's just get the depth in let's get the road like rotations going and uh especially on the offensive side of the ball like give give guys a chance to to make plays somebody like rodney gallagher like let's let's give him five targets and uh and and give him the chance to get out there and you know make some moves yeah, completely agree. Um, let the let the young bucks run. Um, get Jaheim White the ball. Get Rodney the ball. Get feature feature Traylon Ray right. Like Traylon Traylon got some snaps against Penn State. Let's give him a chance to to really uh, you know open it up and, and see what he has. Um, defensively, you know, I think we have some young dudes who can potentially help. I was curious. Uh, Jacoby Spells didn't play a whole lot last week, so maybe maybe give him some run out chance to knock any rust off or, or whatever. Because I thought he would be a guy who would help us this year. Um, but Ben Cutter, James Hurd, you know, dudes like that, um, like to, like to see what those guys have. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be interesting past halftime. This should be one that I, you know, and it is one that I'm going to try and take, uh, my daughters to my family to just have a nice, easy, relaxing evening, uh, under the lights of Mountaineer Field. So yeah, yeah. Should hopefully be yeah, a stress. If, to- if the staff fires a way to make this one fucking stressful, like we have massive, massive problems. Yeah. I mean, you never want to say like, this is a look past game, but like if there ever is one, this is the look past game. Like you got Pitt at home next week under the lights as well. This is a get healthy, get your reps, especially, you know, with the new red shirting rules as of a few years ago, like 
everyone should play in this game. Like everyone who is is able to should get out and take a couple snaps in this game, and uh, they should you know have a have a nice nice home win, get that out of the way, and uh, immediately get ready, get right for Pitt. Um, we mentioned before before air here, you know this Pitt game is is quite the pivotal one. Uh, this is a game that really, if it, if we lose to Pitt at home, I mean I. Neil Brown probably has burned his last uh, last stack of you know contributors and and people who are on his side. Like that is that that is really going to be a tough hole to dig out of. If you win the pit game, that buys you goodwill for a couple weeks at least. That that gives you the chance to to keep the thing going and see what happens. Um, but it's hard. I feel like it's hard to overstate how big the the pit game is for just like morale of of the Mountaineer oh. fan because it has been a while and it has been some suffering and you know what, you know what can turn that around? You win a home night rivalry game against a team that, that got, they kind of stole one last year in a way like th- this is, you got to get right here. There's like, it doesn't matter how, but this is a game you gotta, you gotta win the following week. Yeah, you have to, you have to um, speaking as a contributor, speaking as somebody who still is like, I feel like I'm probably as on Neil Brown's side as anybody. Um, and yeah, I mean, boy, if you lose to Pitt at home under the lights, that's about it for me, but that's about it. So, I feel like we're both as on, on Neil Brown's side as you can be, but like you yeah. lose the Pitt game and it's just like, I don't know what my argument is anymore to like, be what on are your you side. Even doing like, here? Yeah, yeah. We're losing the games to the teams we should be able to beat, the games to the teams we care about beating, other than Virginia Tech. I mean, that is... But, like, if you lost Virginia Tech last year, to be in the same position. would be like, dude, if we can't win this game, like, like they're not good. I don't feel like Pitt's that great this year from what we've talked I mean, about and what we've researched. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, again, we'll have a better idea. Like, if they play Cincinnati close, I'll feel really confident that both of those teams kind of kind of stink. Um, yeah, I don't know if they're as bad as Virginia Tech was last year. Uh, but I'm not you, – you look at the roster and there's just nothing there where it's like <laughs> it is the, it is nowhere near Penn State, right? Like if, if we play the way we did against Penn State, we should win that game by two touchdowns. Um, yeah. 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 I don't know. You know you what I'd like win, to see? You got to win these games in year five. I'd like to see us figure out what the hell we want to do with the passing game. Because it seems like we kind of go back and forth. Like, do we want to be 2012 Texas Tech, or do we want to maybe do something that would leverage a mobile quarterback? Um, and I'm tired of this effing identity crisis that it seems like we have on offense, especially in the passing game. So maybe, like, like let's, uh, you know, if we haven't repped it in practice, which makes me want to, the, the idea rips my hair out. It's just like, dude, more RPO, more play action. We only ran play action in like a quarter of our pass plays fuck are we doing like why are we running the ball 60 percent of the time and then complaining about we don't have explosive pass plays um but we don't run play action like what the hell's the point so anyway yeah. sorry that's that's uh i'm done but that's what i'd <laughs> like to see yeah agreed well hopefully it's a stress-free w and um and get ready for pit we are obviously super excited um is there anything else you want to you want to mention on this coming week how bad do we have to beat Duquesne for you to come to the pit game? <laughs> Would 100 points do it? Mm. 
Oh, if we score like 84 points, like I'm going to be like, I need to see this offense in person. Also, the Penn State defense is incredible if they hold us. Yeah. 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 I will retract everything that I just that I just said. If it turns out that the only reason the passing game sucked is because Penn State's that good. Yeah, maybe maybe Garrett Green's going to throw for for uh, three fifty in the first half, and and we'll really have a, a crisis of of what's what. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like the pit game is a great equalizer this year. That is the that is the the big measuring stick. You know, we were outclassed this week, and we're going to outclass this team. But Pitt is a team that we feel like is a peer, and we feel like is a team we're better than. Um, and they probably feel yep. the same way about us. This that that's the matchup. That is like you know what matters to to fans of college football. Season in the balance, um, future of the program in the balance. Got yep. no pre- no pressure, Neil. Um, so yeah, I think I think that wraps us up, right? That's uh, that's Dude, <laughs> all for Duquesne. Way under, way under forty five minutes. Yeah, well, it was, it was a short preview. Hour and four minute thing. Yeah, yeah, the the, uh, the common time. Well, Duquesne doesn't get the full preview, but we will be out yeah. in full force next week for Pitt. So. That's right. uh, can guarantee that um in the meantime if you're looking for more wvu content you can check out smokingmusket.com. um some good articles now that the season is rolling uh get all kinds of analysis we got like fan posts there uh jordan does our our game previews which are always good reads um you can check out on twitter smoking musket uh you can follow or join the discord which is always fun especially during football season it's super fun to get in there talk during the games before the games about the other games about the pressers whatever whatever you want to uh rejoice or complain about it's all going on in there um also we got unreasonable doubt the uh west virginia basketball pod as we inch closer towards basketball season uh anything else you got jordan nope let's go take care of business all right let's bring home the w and get ready for pit week uh thanks as always for listening we'll catch you next time take care guys one two MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.